doesn't sound like a show opening up. To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos, the new big three And if the pins ain't from them, don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just ate the beat, I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra, here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers To the opinionated bench warmers podcast episode 71. Opinionated bench warmers is back in the building for another edition of our podcast. We got Carlos in here, we got Ramon with me, the boss you're hearing right now is Rob, and we just in here, man. We ready to get it cracking. What's up with y'all fellas, man? Man, I'm just ready to roll, man. It's been so much going on in the sports world, and uh, you know, every week it just seems like something new is up, so let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, man, the, the sports world, everything been rolling, man. I always got something new going on each and every day. So definitely give us a lot of content to roll with and a lot of things to talk about. So we might as well get into it and not delay it anymore. We're not going to delay anything, but I can't go any further without thanking all of the listeners that's been downloading our episode. The love is not going unnoticed. Our episode downloads are growing by the episode, which means we must be doing something right. So we appreciate everything. We uh, check, we're keeping a close eye on the analytics. We think it's almost time for another giveaway. We appreciate everybody that's downloading. Shout out to everybody on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, we see you. We appreciate that. To all our people in Cali that's been listening. Man, shout out to y'all, you know, whoever that is. We appreciate the love. We appreciate all the love we've been receiving back home in Baton Rouge. Uh, shout out to St. Francisville, Ramon, your hometown. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They showing us a lot of love. You know, also Baton Rouge has been showing us a lot of love. And uh, shout out to Zachary, my hometown, and Carlos's hometown. We appreciate everybody for listening to us and locking in. Uh, we definitely, definitely been paying attention. Make sure that you continue to download. And the reason why we continue to grow is because we believe that you are sharing this with friends like we've been telling y'all to do. Also, make sure that you have subscribed and leave a review if you can. Also, T-shirts and Opinionated Benchwarmer podcast shirts are officially, we're taking pre-orders. So we've we got more information on that. You can find our link to place that pre-order on our Instagram, O underscore Benchwarmers. So go ahead and give us a follow, O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram, and then click that link in the bio and audio an OB shirt, which you can see in our clips that we post on our IG. Uh, Ramon has a great example right there as well. So, um, you know, we just gonna get into it, guys, uh, we, but we just couldn't go any further without uh, just thanking you guys for the love, man. So we back in this thing. Uh, fresh off a of Laker championship. <laughs> but we're going to start off in the NFL, on the NFL ranks. Uh, fellas, let's just uh, kind of talk about our rankings, man. Let's kind of condense it. You know, we can't touch everything on the NFL spectrum. But we got it from one to five. Uh, we got some Packers fans that was kind of 
we we hadn't heard from them on this one, but they usually try to tell us that we didn't get it right on the Packers. But I mean, the Packers got caught with the pants down uh, in Tampa Bay, so they had, they, they kind of found themselves out of our top five after that game. Uh, you guys react to it, man. What do you what do you think going on with the Packers there, man? With with, with Tampa Bay, like, do you think it's just a fluke? No, I mean, you know, I think every dog has their day. You know, I don't really get too big and too high on one game, um, especially this early in the season. Um, you know, they were undefeated going into that game. And then Tampa Bay, you know, just really who puts together the better game plan. And I think Tampa Bay's game plan really had Aaron Rodgers confused. And just seeing him um, struggle all game was really, really surprising, you know, because Tampa Bay up to that point was a hit or miss type of team. So it was it was good to see two of the best quarterbacks go at it you know even though Aaron Rodgers didn't hold up his end so much um but it was good to see uh, them take a loss you know it's good to take see them take a loss you know you don't want to see teams you know especially if it ain't your team go undefeated all the way throughout yeah like you said I don't really have too much to add to that honestly I think Lowe's covered it pretty well I just think that it's just one of those weeks where you come in and things just don't go your way didn't really work out. You know, I was a little bit surprised to see how successful Tampa Bay was at running the ball. Um, I was kind of surprised to see the game that Ronald Jones was actually able to have because I know none of us have really been too high on him. So a um, little surprised to see that. But, you know, I just think it's one of those weeks. I'm not putting too much stock into it, honestly. I'm not about to say that Green Bay is completely off the map and all of a sudden Tampa is this big-time contender. I just think it was one of those games, one of those weeks, man. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I think another game that I was uh, watching uh, is, the, is the Steelers. And, I, you know, in, in our rankings, we kind of highlighted that in the caption about how well they've been playing. And they really, really impressed me uh, with their win against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, the Cleveland Browns, they didn't look like they belonged on the field, as usual, per usual. But, I mean, up until that point, Cleveland had only lost one game. So, and, you know, they had impressed me last week. Uh, uh, and, and when they played Dallas, they impressed me. And they, they impressed the world. But, I mean, again, I mean, I think Cleveland has found themselves again. They cannot get the ball to Odell for some reason. After they, they seemed like they figured it out against Dallas, uh, they, they faced this Pittsburgh team. And Pittsburgh was able to pretty much hold Odell in check. I mean, Odell had, I think he had um, – Five catches, maybe? No, he only had two. Two catches. I think two he catches for twenty-five yards. So, you know, it, you know, he's targeted five times, only had two catches. It seemed like he was held, kind of held in check. Browns, for some reason, have some difficulty getting him involved. But I think we, you kind of can point to the QB play. How much of the Browns' failure do you guys place on Baker Mayfield? Honestly, I mean. Is it time for this? Is it, he's going? This is his third year, correct? Uh, third year, third year in the league, and I mean, this is his second year being a full-time starter. I, it, it seems as though I mean, the writing's on the wall with him. I, I'm not quite sure how much more he can improve than where he is. Uh, he he doesn't seem too accurate as a passer. Uh, he seems to rely too much on his uh, somewhat of athletic ability. I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson, but. He did show some ability in college to be able to be a little elusive and be able to get outside of the pocket and throw on the run. But even that part of his game is is not that well this season and translating to last season because he wasn't as successful in doing that. Um, so, I mean, I think that I don't know if it's, it's kind of too early to say, but, I mean, I think the Browns may have failed again 
you know, you know, kind of like they feel with uh, Johnny Manziel, thinking they had a franchise quarterback, but don't. He makes great commercials. I enjoy his commercials, but at his play on the field, I don't know if he can be defended anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm still – I'm – not all the way off of Johnny, uh, Johnny, <laughs> not Johnny, <laughs> Baker. <laughs> I'm still not off of Baker, but, um, you know, I think they really miss, you know, their starting running back. You know, you look at that sure. where he, where he, right, where Nick got hurt, right, and he's missing out his first game. They are a run first team, and they were killing it with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. You know, that mixture, both of them were putting up, you know, as we know, as fantasy on players, you know, they were killing it, right? They were killing it, putting up points, you know. Um, Kareem Hunt was coming in and being the pass catcher for that team. And, you know, it, it just really, I think that's what changed the game for them and why they couldn't compete. So they now they have to change how they do it. They have to rely on more of the throw, um, which when you're dropping back against the Steelers and their, and their defensive line, it's a nightmare. You know, their, their defensive line is probably top two, if not one in the NFL of creating pressure and creating turnovers and things like that. So, um, you know, I think it, it just wasn't – it was just a bad formula for him. I'm not all the way off of him yet. I think he still has room to prove. But the thing I want – the big takeaway I want to say from this is, you know, Odell's just not a match with that team. You know, it's not the type of offense he needs to be in. It's not the type of quarterback, which is weird to say because Odell is a, a, a good talent. We all know his talent, but – you know, he's just not a match for that team and that type of system that they're trying to run. Um, you know, he's going to put up big games. And I think the biggest thing Odell said was, hey, I'm not going to be the Odell of old where I'm going to put up all these points. There's going to be some weeks where I have big weeks. There's going to be some weeks where I don't, you know, have two or three catches or so. So um, I'm paraphrasing there, but it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, and I think that's the kind of frustrating point right there just because – you know, I felt that when this Cleveland situation got put together, you know, I came out and said that Odell was going to be the best receiver in the league. I don't mind saying, you know, what may be a freezing cold take on that ledge, or whatever. But, yeah, I came out and said that, um, and I really thought that this was going to work out and materialize. And like Los is saying, I just don't think it's the fit there for him. Um, I think they need to package him, ship him off, send him somewhere. Uh, that'll be mutually beneficial for both. But I'm not ready to press the panic button completely on the Browns, on Baker Mayfield. Like you said, sometimes you just have those mm. weeks. I mean, we were just looking at this team that was 4-1, and one, and we were feeling good about them and kind of the momentum that they were establishing. And then they have this week, and then all of a sudden, you know, we try to write off everything they did the previous five weeks. So I'm not ready to totally write off what they did the previous five weeks just from this one effort. You know, any given Sunday, it can happen to you. Okay. You know, I'll see if this thing persists, but just not one week. All right. Well, I think I'll be the bad guy on the podcast as most times I find myself. Uh, I, I disagree. I, I think that even with the wins that they got, I mean, I, it's tough to get a win in the NFL, but you look at their wins. That, I mean, they beat the Bengals by five. The Bengals are one and four right now. They're not quite there. They've been on the, on the cusp of it, but they're, they're not quite there yet. Uh, they got a win against the Washington football team. I almost said the, the word, but I'm not going to say it. Washington football team. You know, the, we know that Washington is not a good football team. And then the most impressive win that I say that they have here, I mean, they beat the Colts. Colts defense is horrible. 
we saw what they were last night. We're going to get to that in a second. I'm just waiting to see what you were going to say about that because I knew you were about to run through that schedule real quick. I was yeah. trying to wait to see what you're going to say about my Colts. You know, yeah, the Colts is probably the most impressive win. Uh, but y'all are injury riddled on the perimeter. I mean, two of y'all best receivers are, are injured, and you know, Ty as, as always is, is is hampered with an injury. And y'all have some injuries on the defensive side as well. So, I mean, and then you you lump that with last season of what we saw out of Baker. I, I think that Who's their Baker, fourth win that was three. Who was their fourth win? Their fourth win. Yeah, I got the Washington. I, I got Indy. The Colts. Yeah, they Colts. beat the Colts. They beat the the Washington football team. They beat the Bengals, and they beat the Cowboys. So, I mean, none of their wins to me really says, hey, this is a good football team. And then prior to that, they got blown out by the Ravens, which is, you know, I mean, the Ravens, you know, they, they played Washington this past Sunday and, you know, they, you know, they only won by three. So, I mean, I, I can't really give it to the Browns. I think that they are a mess. I think that it starts with coaching. You know, I think that it does go with Baker, and that has hampered his development. Uh, he had an extraordinary rookie year, but I think that he let that went to his head, like I've said in previous podcasts. But I, I just don't think that the Browns are there. I do agree with with the sentiment that they need to bust that thing up. If Jarvis and Odell wanna wanna not waste the last of their prime, I feel like they need to go elsewhere, like like you said, Ramon. Uh, but you know, I, I don't I don't see Baker. I think Baker at this point. I think he is who he is. Um, I mean, when you got uh, the talent that he has, he got Najoku, he got uh, Austin Hooper now, he got Odell, he got Jarvis. It's really no excuse. And then he had Nick Chubb, which you said got injured. But, I mean, Kareem Hunt is not a, a, a bad fall off from, from Nick Chubb. So, you know, when you, when you just con- kind of consolidate all of this, I just feel like it's time. The time is ticking for Baker if, if it was me. You know, the time is ticking and, you know, you, you just got to know, like with Justin Herbert, you know, you, you, you know, the Chargers know they got something special. So they're going to, they're going to let it rip. You know, you know, it doesn't take this long to decide if a quarterback is good or not. Yeah. I, I guess just a counterpoint onto that though, even with just a quick Justin Herbert thing is we were in that same place with Baker Mayfield, his rookie year. So I think that we can't just pinpoint it off of that. We, from his rookie year, he had pretty much what you can argue is maybe the most prolific rookie year for a quarterback that we've seen. So, you know, I, I say still to even hold off on the whole using the Justin Herbert right there. What about Dak? That, I mean, I think Dak is a whole – that's a whole – I know, that's what I'm saying. You, you know, I mean, even with Ben Roethlisberger, his rookie year, you pretty much know what you got. You know, you know what you got in the beginning. But what I'm saying is that would be confusing because we would have thought that with Baker. I mean, Baker's rookie year looked good. Baker's rookie year looked – he looked as good out there as what Justin Herbert looks now. But as to my point is that if you have a guy that you're looking at and you see that he has the talent and then you give him a whole a full second year and then you see no improvement in this year from last year, I mean, the t- I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying – to write him off, but I'm saying the time has to be ticking, right? I agree. I agree time is ticking. And speaking of the Washington football team, Dwayne Haskins has found himself <laughs> as an outlier. What you call it? A, a outcast? Outcast, yeah. yeah. You always found the right words, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that brother connection right there, you know? <laughs> right. 
Yeah, he finds himself an outcast. Dwayne Haskins was benched for Kyle Allen, uh, which was, uh, you know, him and Coach, uh, goodness, what? I can't think of his name. Rivera. Rivera. They are reunited in Washington from his Panther days, but he's been benched. And not only that, they say he didn't practice all week. They say he was sick, which I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't have any proof, but I'm not buying it. And he didn't practice all last week. He wasn't taking any types of reps. It kind of seemed like they're trying to trade him before the deadline. But my question to you guys, I want you to react to his benching because I have, I think again, I think I'm going to, I'm going to predict it. I think I'm going to fall again on the other side of you guys. But let's see. I want to, I want you guys to react to his benching. I also want to kind of talk about where do you feel like he could land to where it could nurture him back to what he could have been out of Ohio State. Yeah. Um, one, I think this bench was premature. I think they didn't give him the time, you know, to really take the bumps and bruises. Everybody wants this microwave, quick access. Hey, you get some wins for us now. Oh, you ain't do- giving us wins. Nobody remembers the old school way. You know, nobody looks at how one of the greatest quarterbacks that started the game, Peyton Manning, did it and how he started off his career, right? He oh, started off his career, uh, so, you know, through the most interceptions as a rookie and, you know, different things like that, breaking records. But people don't give these quarterbacks time to develop. They're almost like, well, well, he's not doing instant, you know, because we've been so spoiled with seeing these quarterbacks come and give instant, you know, doing well. You know, the Patrick Mahomes, the Lamar Jacksons, you know, everybody's all on all the, the Deshaun Watsons. You know, everybody wants that instant, hey, you know, be Superman and lead us to wins right away. Some quarterbacks, is not, it's going to take more. And if you don't have the right pieces around these quarterbacks, you know, like these quarterbacks that fell into good situations, like the Lamar Jacksons, like the Patrick Mahomes, you know what I'm saying? Those guys fell into good situations where they had pieces around them, you know, and you look at the Washington football team and they don't have good pieces around them. You know, their best running back is – you know, a a guy that's uh, Antonio Gibson. Don't he was do a, Antonio yeah. Gibson. Don't he's do not, <laughs> but he's not. He is a good player, but he's not anything special. His receiver, Terry McLaurin. Granted, he's a good receiver as well, but he is not on the level of the receivers that these other players have had. When you talk about Mahomes, Terry McLaurin is a talent, bro. Bro, stop it. He is a talent, but he is nothing. That's he is not a special talent. And it's it's he's not it's Tyreek Hill. <laughs> no, he's not Tariq Hill, and he's okay. not he's not DeAndre Hopkins. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He, he, he's, you got to look at that situation. So I think it was premature. One, Kyle Allen is trash. You know, if we wasn't on this PG-13 podcast, I'll say what he really is. He is trash. Yep. You know, and he should not be. He should not be starting in the NFL. He has not shown anything. You know, from his time when he was in Carolina. Now I know he was more familiar with the situation or with the offense than uh, Dwayne Haskins. But so what? He is not he has not shown anything since he started, and he has not shown anything in Carolina during his time. So I don't get the move, and I think it was premature, and I think they should have rolled – this team is not a good team. wasn't going to win at all anyway. Roll with your quarterback that you selected and just roll the, the bumps and bruises. I think what encouraged his premature benching is the fact that they're in a division that's so terrible – and actually, they're actually competitive, quote unquote, in their division. So I think that they felt like they had a better chance of winning 
with Kyle Allen under center than Dwayne Haskins. I, I kind of fall on the outside of it. Um, I've gotten into kind of a, a debate with other people about how I particularly felt about Dwayne Haskins. I think coming out of Ohio State, I wasn't particularly as high as other people were of him that he was. I mean, granted, he had an excellent college career. Uh, but, I, I mean, I wasn't ready to crown him like other people do. I mean, I didn't feel like he – I didn't – I didn't. he didn't pass the eye test, if you will, for me. Uh, so it doesn't really surprise me that he isn't really succeeding. And it's kind of like I don't just, just completely dismiss your point, Los, because I agree. He's a player that I feel like could have done it the Lamar Jackson way. Sit, sit down a year, uh, you know, maybe a year or two, or, or the Aaron Rodgers way, sit down two years behind somebody and develop. And then maybe he'll be ready. But I think right now, I think his start was pre premature. I think that he was – really kind of prematurely pushed into a position of starting. And then you got to think, Ron, this is not Ron Rivera's quarterback. You know, let's keep it plain and simple. He's a new coach in this system, and he don't – let's for, for layman terms, he don't give a dang about – I can't say the D right on this, right? <laughs> but, uh, but he don't – you get it. He don't care. He don't really care about Dwayne has. He didn't bring him in. So that's really kind of unfair to Dwayne. I think ultimately Ron Rivera wants to draft his quarterback like any coach in, in new GM would and, you know, develop them. But they have no loyalty to Dwayne to actually take time and develop him. So when they pushed him up to be the starter this year, I feel like it was setting him up for failure. Now, Dwayne Haskin, has he been good? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. He just simply hasn't. He missed throws. You know, he – you know, he's not as accurate. He makes poor decisions on the field. Maybe that could point to his development. But I follow another thing of it. I, I feel like at the end of the day, he just was set up for failure. I do feel like it's premature. Carlos, I do want to get to who you, where you think he could land and succeed at, and then we'll get to Ramon and we can move on. Yeah, um, that, that's a, a good question. I don't think he can land somewhere right away and start. He's not going to land someone right away to start. He's going to have to go to a situation where I look at it as somewhere like the Steelers, right? You look at their backup quarterback situation where, you know, Mason Rudolph, we've seen what he can do. He can't do nothing, you know. He's not a good quarterback, you know. So he, I think the best thing him do is go somebody that kind of has his build, you know, Big Ben, right? Big Ben ain't the big, biggest, most athletic guy. And go learn under somebody for a year or two. Big Ben, we know what he's done with his injuries and had, you know, over the last year or so, you know, he's on his last leg of his career. Go sit behind somebody like that, learn, right, and and learn the small details, get behind a veteran quarterback and become good. And I think that would be a good move for the Steelers, and I think it would be a good move for Haskins' career. I like that. So, Ramon, your feelings on Dwayne Haskins benching and where you think he could land succeed? Uh, I think y'all pretty much covered it well. Honestly, y'all covered most of what I'm thinking. I really think that it was a premature move uh, that, you know, that they could have taken some more time to invest in him uh, to try to develop him. You know, some of these guys don't instantly have it, but give them some time to develop. Some guys eventually get it. Um, and I think they pressed the panic button too quickly and press the panic button for a backup option that's not going to take you anywhere. Um, so as you said, as you alluded to, it's probably going to be a situation where they're going to be terrible this year and they'll try to find themselves to get one of those top quarterbacks 
um, in this upcoming draft, whether they get um, your boy from uh, Clemson or try to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence or see what Justin Fields is looking like or even the kid from North Dakota State or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but I was kind of thinking – Miles Brennan. Miles Brennan. Uh, I think Miles will be back another year. Yeah, obviously. Miles going to be. Yeah. I think Miles going to be good. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, Miles is going to be Don't good. But I think that he needs yeah. to stay yeah. another year in college. <laughs> He'll definitely have another year in college. Yeah. But um, I was thinking uh, of another place. I know Los threw out Pittsburgh and said the, the veteran QB. And for me, I thought of the Tampa situation. We know that this situation mm-hmm. with, with Tom Brady has been thought of. This is probably, a, a, I'm thinking, a two-year project maybe three years at the most, but probably a two-year project with Tom. You get him under somebody like Tom to show him the ropes and everything like that. Their their surrounding talent is still relatively young, so their talent that they have surrounding Tom doesn't just fit like a two- or three-year window. Uh, So give him someone that he can learn under, and then, you know, once Tom sells off, then maybe Dwayne can come in. But definitely one of those situations that he has a veteran guy that he can learn from and not be thrown directly into the fire. You're right. We're going to move on because I didn't want to spend too much time on this. You're, you're so modest because I would have said the Colts to learn on the Phillip Rivers or my Saints. I think that even though Drew is, is physically is not there, I think his mind is always short. I think he could learn from a lot a lot from him. I think James Winston is going to be going after this year. Uh, but I, I think that if, if James does stay, I don't think it would be a fit. But I think if you want somebody, if the Saints feel as though they're going to keep Breeze another year, I think that, you know, I think Dwayne would be a good fit for us to, you know, teach for him to learn under Drew. Uh, that's interesting. I'm not trying to harp on this, but I think that's interesting that you actually pick Haskins over Winston. It's almost like you prefer Haskins over Winston. No, it's and, not that I prefer him. I just don't – I feel like James is – I don't think he's going to stay. You don't think he's a more of a fit than – I do. I, I like Jameis a lot. It's not my fandom coming. I'm just thinking of a situation off the top of my head where he could learn under a veteran quarterback that's like that has about two more years on him or, or another year on him. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, I, I want, as a fan, I would love Jameis to take over the reins. Why if, do you don't think he's going to stay? That's the question. That's I guess that's more so. I, I think I don't, I don't think he's going to stay because I, I feel like somebody's going to be able to offer him more money than we can. Ultimately, because our, our cap situation is terrible right now, we can't really afford to pay him big money. So I feel like ultimately somebody else going to pay him, and that's why we'll lose. And you're going to start Taysom next year. Yeah, that's why we'll go with Taysom. That's why we've been trying to build him up. But, yeah, so, yeah, hopefully Dwayne lands on his feet. You know, I, I never want to wish any bad upon any player, um, even though I'm not a huge fan. But I, I hope he lands on his feet somewhere. So um, we spent quite a bit of time on that. So let's get to the Steelers. We kind of alluded to that. After what I saw yesterday, Sunday, guys, I got to say this, man. I'm buying me. I'm buying the Steelers, man. <laughs> I'm buying the Steelers, yeah. bro. Yeah. Like, they, uh, they are a tough, tough, tough bunch. They are really, really good on defense. They're really, you know, finally. You know what I'm saying? That was one of kind of the knocks. They always been explosive offensively, but defensively, you know, you know, I mean, dating back to four years, they, they were great. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe in a little two or three year window gap, but right, right, like as a reputation, the offense have super superseded their defense, but I think right now they're just as explosive. They have a legitimately 
three receivers that could be starting on any NFL team. They'll be wide receiver one on any NFL team. That's Deontay Johnson. That's uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. That's Chase Claypool. Like, they got Eric Ebron, who is sneaky, sneaky good at the tight end position. Man, they – dog, they – they. I mean, I know my my girl, she's a huge Steelers fan, so I know she's loving this segment. But I really feel like they're legit contenders. No, I, I agree with you. I think they have all the right pieces. And the, the biggest thing that they have is their defense. You know, like you said, we alluded to it. Their defensive line is scary. Their back end is scary with Joe Hayden, you know. Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush, Mika. yeah, right. and Devin Bush has got and yeah, Fitzpat, Mika Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah, and um, Devin Bush, I think he 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 he's gotten injured. You know, he had a significant knee injury, which is unfortunate. He's going to be out. But um, other than that, they defense they're fast and they get after you. You know, and that's not even to mention, right? <laughs> um, I can't think. I don't know why I'm thinking of not Joey Bosa. Um, you're talking uh, about Watt, TJ. Uh, uh, Watt. Yeah, TJ Watt. Yeah, so, um, and TJ Watt, you know, he's a special talent drafted at the end of the first round during his time. He's actually got a new contract and eaten, you know, that dude is a special, special talent. So that, that's where I, I see it really is that they, they, their defense is what's going to carry them. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I, I honestly don't have too much to add on to what y'all said. I think that they're for real, I think they legit. I felt going into this season that their defense was legit. Uh, I wanted to kind of see how Big Ben was going to shake back this year, see what their weapons, see what their backfield with uh, James Conner was going to look like. Uh, but it seems like he's kind of rounded into form. Uh, they kind of have a, a, um, a, a two-headed uh, monster in the backfield. And then, like you said, all the receiving weapons that they have. So I think they're legit. Um, I think they'll be around for the long haul over there. Um, I think they'll be one of the true contending teams um, in that conference. So, there's been rumblings. <laughs> no, Daryl Morey has stepped down as GM of the Houston Rockets. I, I'm i a fan of the guy, man. I think he had a heck of a run, man. He's been able to – hey, man, he's been able to get some some big names, man. It, it hit now, he's always falling short. But, I mean, the fact that he's able to get James Harden, he's able to get Chris Paul, he's able to get uh, Westbrook. You know, I, he didn't get the job done. I get it. I do think that he needed to step down. But, I mean, I think we could take a step. Uh, I think we could take a step back and appreciate what Daryl Morey did for the Rockets from a GM standpoint. Yeah, I think he did make some, some big moves, man. I, I just uh, – <laughs> I think um, he, he just couldn't put it together, and he made some bold moves. And you want a GM that's not scared to make moves and not scared to to step out the norm, especially when they went with that small ball lineup and traded yeah. their center, right, Quimpella. Uh, yeah. You know what do you call? What's his name? Clint Clint Capella. Capella. Clint yeah. Capella. Yeah, I call him Quimpella. <laughs> I mix his first and his last name. Chill out. But um. I, I I mean I think that was a bold move for him to go in to do that. So I, I like I like I like him as a GM. He just wasn't successful. You know he couldn't he couldn't get that last piece to be special. You can think about you know when they picked up um I am just drawing a blank today when they picked up the the small Ford uh, from Philly. Yeah, you're uh, talking about uh, Robert Covington. Name? Talking about Covington. Covington, yes. Yeah. Yes, Covington. When they picked up Covington, he's a one of those players that that did well for them throughout the playoffs. That they had him playing like a stretch four position, almost like that Sean Marion type position. So he's been able to pull these deals to get these good players. Is just 
they couldn't get over the hump, you know, and that, I don't know if that goes to, you know, let's, let, I'm going to say this, and I'll leave it alone. I think James Harden is, he's never going to be the best player on a championship team. You know, James Harden is going to always, if he's going to win it, he's going to need his Shaq. You know what I'm saying? And Russell Westbrook is not that. You know, and I said Westbrook on that. Russell you're Westbrook right, right. is not that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that I'll leave it at that. I, I'm not with it, man. I, I'm not with Daryl Morey. And I'm not with Daryl Morey from this standpoint. I feel that as a GM, he built everything exclusively off analytics. I know we've gotten to the point where analytics do matter when you're building teams and it plays a part of it. But I felt that he went exclusively to building a team completely off of analytics. So what we're going to do, we're going to create a squad that all they're going to do is either they're going to be at the rim or they're shooting threes. And I feel like he didn't build out to me a well-rounded squad that can attack you in several different ways. Once he went away from having Clint Capella this past year, the Rockets really had one way that they can beat you. And as we see, that's not a, a, a recipe for success. One of the reasons why you see the Lakers win it all is because in each of those series, you saw the Lakers be able to pivot to a different lineup, to a different style of playing basketball because they could adjust to anything that a team threw at them. And the way that Daryl Morey ultimately built that team and the last product that he had, they couldn't adjust. They had one way to beat you. And if that didn't work, they were out of there. So my thing with Daryl Morey, he did get some pieces in his time that he can get credit for. But ultimately, the way that I feel about it, he built his team exclusively off analytics. And I'm not a guy that thinks that you can just build exclusively off of analytics to win, uh, uh, to ultimately win a championship. I just don't think that that's the way that it, it gets done. Some things you have to actually just pay attention to an eye test. Some things you have to pay attention to the way the game of basketball is actually played. And it can't be all about numbers. Well, he definitely ended it with a bang by taking a risk and kind of pointing to the fact that, hey, look, I'm going to just get guys that can shoot threes and we're going to beat you. We're going to play small ball. And it, it for a while in the bubble, it looked really, really good. <laughs> but ultimately, when you're facing Anthony Davis, which is a top five player in the NBA, a big man, uh, probably one of the best big mans that we have in our league today, you see where it presents a problem, no matter how many threes you're knocking down. I think that Daryl Morey does deserve, like I mentioned, credit for what he's accomplished. But I'm with you, Ramon. I don't think that it's enough. I think – and then how much can you put on Coach Dan and Tony? Because we know what he liked to do. He liked to push the envelope. Like, he was liking to play fastball before it was really cool to play fastball. Like you mentioned, Sean Mary and how he had him as a big man that could spread the floor. So, he that's another guy that likes to – kind of push the envelope as well. But I think a combination of them two guys is just a combination of disaster because ultimately they get so involved in the numbers and analytics that, like you said, that they lose sight of what really how a team should be built. Um, so what does that leave Houston? It leaves them very naked and vulnerable. I mean, all they got is two, two, two superstars on their team and not much else. Who, who's going to inherit this mess? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you was a GM. Would you want to inherit this mess? I wouldn't. I mean, I come in there, I realize that a change has to happen. You know, I don't know if that's trading James Harden. You know, I know that sounds crazy today, but mm -hmm. we've seen the NBA do crazy things. And, you know, I don't know if that's moving Westbrook and just building up from the ground up, you know, again, you know, I know they made that 
when they made that trade with James Harden, it was looked at as a win because James Harden got an MVP and he's lead, led the league in scoring. And, you know, he's been special since being there. It's just when you get to the playoffs and teams can scheme for what he does, it's over. You know, you can't pass it to a guy and he goes one-on-one all game in the playoffs. That's not going to work. So it's going to take them um, either changing their scheme and realizing, hey, we're going to have to find a different brand of basketball. James, you can be you in spots, but you can't do this all game, pick and roll. Teams are going to cue in on that. I think they need a change in culture. As we alluded to last episode, when you catch, you know, James Harden, when he loses, it seems like he doesn't really care. You see what a culture that Jimmy Butler brought to the Heat. I think that they just really need just a culture change, man. More than, more than, it's more than scoring. You know, it's, it's time to win some games. And I think, you know, they're fun to watch. They're going to always sell tickets as of now. But as far as a championship winning roster, I don't, I don't see it, man. Um, So, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything. I think we kind of touched on yeah, everything. No. Yeah, I mean, I'll just hit y'all as we wrapping up, man. I'll just hit y'all with, you know, um, a little off the run, catch y'all off the guard here. But the question I have to y'all really quick, we can make it just name a player. Um, you know, who has been, in as far as fantasy football goes, who has been your most disappointing um, and surprised player in fantasy football this year? I think disappointing, I would say Kenyon Drake. I think the, the verdict's out for him. I mean, I think that if you look at his numbers and you look at his, even his last game, I think he ended it with 28 points. But you know, it was because of a garbage time touchdown. Uh, so, I mean, when you look at him, he, he just doesn't seem that explosive. Oh, we didn't talk about Dallas, man. We got to mm-hmm. talk about Dallas. It's all right. Man. <laughs> all right. Oh, go, go ahead, man. Just finish your thought. But, yeah, Kenyon, Kenyon Drake would be mine. I don't, he hasn't been explosive, that explosive. And it just doesn't seem like he he's who he was at, that we saw last year that gave him confidence to trade away David Johnson. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, I'll uh, let's start with the Rams running back. You know, what I'm saying everybody drafted this guy. Cam Akers. Cam Akers, yeah, in the top three rounds. You know, um, a lot of I've seen him go in the second round in some of my drafts, and he has been non-existent. You know, he gotten banged up, and when he came back, he's playing behind Daryl Henderson. He's been a disappointment. So disappoint, disappointment so far. I mean, and granted, you know, he can take off later on but so far you know we've about halfway through the fantasy season he's been disappointing but my surprise I have to say uh, I don't really have any true surprises I mean CD Lamb has been eating you know he's been playing been really doing well um uh I guess we can go with Chase Claypool you know he, we always heard about his talent and things he's doing and but he's being utilized and he's been special, you know. And the Steelers have a history of drafting good receivers later in rounds. Yeah, um, I guess for me, uh, and this is probably just a personal one, just because I had a situation is gone. Um, not that I had such high hopes for him or crazy hopes for him, but just the whole Le'Veon Bell situation is just kind of disappointing. I would say from a fantasy owner perspective. Um, of course, last year he wasn't yeah. the greatest, but you think it maybe he'll have a chance to bounce back. Then he starts the year. We're hearing all these th- different things. Things not going well out there with the Jets. You know, they're not really caring for him. He doesn't perform well when he's on the field. He gets hurt. And then he gets cut. And now he's in a situation where, of course, he's going to Kansas City. And some people think that maybe you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But we see what Clyde's doing over there. 
Flavion is going to be a backup over there. Clyde uh, definitely saw the news that uh, Flavion <laughs> was on his way up <laughs> after the yeah. game he had last week. This week yeah. Right. So Clyde was cutting up. So, I mean, we see the writing on the wall with that. So I'm not saying that we went into the year thinking that Le'Veon was going to be one of the top running backs out there, but I believe that there was a little ray of hope, a little bit of optimism that maybe he can – gain a little bit of his form again and let's see what he'll do in that backfield and then things didn't go right like I said from an injury perspective he gets cut and now he's just gonna be a backup and you don't know what to expect from him it's just like Ty Gurley man we, we used to seeing greatness out of a player it's just like we uh, you look at Shady McCoy like he's just a a decoy at this point you know he's no threat you know you, you look at that stuff and you really just look at all these knee injuries that you had they're they gonna catch up with you um, my surprise player uh, uh, that a lot of guys had is it, Justin Herbert. I, I didn't. I, I thought he would have been good, but I thought that he would. I thought he would be a project to where he'd be starting next year, maybe uh, the second half of next year. I didn't expect him to explode on the scene uh, so fast, but now he's a viable QB one in most leagues, and I, I'm going. I'm st- I'm riding him for the rest of the year. I mean. Pause. Pause, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, a, I'm definitely starting him for the rest of the year. <laughs> for the rest of the year. Um, I, 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 I think he deserves it. He's proven that he's going to be the guy, so I'm with him. <laughs> I believe you did me like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like those choices, man. Yeah, I like those, man. I, I don't really have nothing to add to that, man. Y'all covered it, man. Y'all covered it. After you didn't, after you <laughs> got, got your joke off, you, you didn't cover it, huh? Yeah, hey, we're going to get out of here, guys. We appreciate you for listening to another edition of the Opinionated Benchwarmers podcast. You know where you can find us on social media, O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. We're taking pre-orders on our OB gear, which is the T-shirts. They're for ladies and men. So, ladies, go if you're listening to us, go ahead and put in your pre-order as well. You can find the details and the link for the pre-orders in our in, on our Instagram at o underscore benchwoman. So, if you see that link, just click it, and it, that it's a link tree link, and it has where you can find our podcast as well as a link to make your purchase on the pre-orders of the shirts. We'll give more details as to when those shirts will be release. We appreciate all this love and support. And until next time, we'll be back with another edition. Peace out. Later.